0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There comes a time when your child is old enough that they start to misbehave, when they start to speak and say something unkind, when they hit their sibling in the head knowing it's wrong, when they deliberately ignore your instructions. Outside observers normally an older relative or a stranger in the supermarket, will be quick to tell you that your child needs discipline. But what is discipline? When should it be used and when is it most effective? Anthony Saman is an early learning educator at Saman & Slattery. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm really well. How do you define discipline?
1: This is a really, really big topic. And here's the thing. All language is slippery. So you'll have some listeners right now feeling uncomfortable that we're using the word discipline. Some of you might be going, oh, it sounds really quite dogmatic, or I don't feel, should it be called guiding children's behavior? Let's just sit comfortably with that that word, and um, we'll, we'll move forward. So what is this stuff? I mean, it's about setting limits for children. We live in a world of chaos, you know, just watch, uh, read the paper, watch the news. We need to help children have limits so they become adults and you know, teenagers who know how to work in socially acceptable ways, and part of our our role as parents and you know um, bystanders in the lives of children is to give them advice and support them to act in what I would call pro social ways, as opposed to antisocial ways. And so, discipline is, is a set of strategies that are underpinned by things like respect for children, uh, empathy for children and with an absolute desire for your child to be the best human being they can be.
0: So with that in mind, what's the problem with seeing discipline as punishment? Because you'll get lots of parents saying, okay, I want to put these boundaries in, I want to guide them, but they've done the wrong thing. And if Mm. I don't show them they've done the wrong thing by, um, dare I say, hitting them, which Mm. most people know is not Mm. appropriate, but um, scaring them, Mm making them upset, seeing they've done the wrong thing, then they're not going to listen. They're not going to learn where that boundary is. Um, do you have a, an issue with that definition? And if so, why?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, I think the definition or the approaches attached to that definition are unhelpful. Why? You don't learn when you're scared. You don't learn when you're being threatened. So all those strategies under the guise of discipline don't actually work. They, they just, they're counterproductive. I think we live in an era where... Adults have conveniently convinced themselves that children will forget our behaviour when it has a negative impact on them. Children don't. We can go back into our memory banks and remember when we were treated unfairly or blamed as children for something our sibling did. I, I clearly remember when I was a five-year-old playing a game of hockey with tennis rackets with my brother in the backyard And lo and behold, I won the game. And his response was to smash the tennis racket on my teeth, which consequently the tennis racket broke. And he was savvy enough to know that if he ran inside and dobbed on me first, I would get in trouble. And it worked. Oh, no. And have a guess what? I'm not a spring chicken. Like, I'm old. I I remember that day clearly. But I also remember the injustice that came out of how I was treated. Now, I wasn't physically punished. Because I grew up in a non-violent household, but I was blamed for something that I didn't do. And I just wish my parents had asked me actually what had happened. So as adults, be acutely aware that sometimes our reaction to a child's behaviour may not deliver what we want. I mean, here's an example. If I can just ask you listeners to just respond to these questions, for example, you know, do our expectations around academic versus behavioral mistakes differ. You know, when your child doesn't get one plus one right, do you smack them? It doesn't work. You'd say, let's try that again. So when your child throws the plate on the floor and goes, I don't want that food, what a great opportunity to go, you're going to get hungry tonight, aren't you? There goes the food. I can give you another bowl, but that's going to be the last bowl I give you. Like, you do it in a way... That sets limits. But still, like if you were being filmed and it's been broadcast on national TV, you're not going to have shame leaving your house tomorrow morning. <laughs>
0: yes. One of the things that when you mentioned um, you don't learn when you're scared, what that brings up for me is that in that learning process, you don't want your child to go through life not doing things because they're worried they'll upset you. Mm. You want them to process what's happening and try to make the right decision for themselves. And if they're scared of you because you've punished them, that's where the learning process ends because Absolutely. they're just doing it because they're afraid.
1: Absolutely. Because I would,
0: I would argue there are people who say, yeah, they're scared. They didn't do it again. Okay, they didn't do it again. But then what other, how has that affected other decisions they're going to make in their life?
1: That's right. And why didn't they do it again? Because they're scared. And who wants their child to be scared of them? I mean, does it work? It does work, but there's a cost to that. You know, bad leaders scare their staff to be productive, but what's their staff turnover? Yeah, Not really good. So does it work? Yeah, they do. But there's a net effect to that, which means you have to kind of re-advertise roles every six months. So yes, it may take longer with an approach that is more democratic than yelling and screaming and smacking, but parents make mistakes. And when you lose the plot as a parent, kind of just go have a bath, chill out, go and say sorry to your child, because that's what adults should do. That's actually really good emotional coaching, is say sorry to your child and commit to not doing that again. But here's the thing, you know, we have these different labels for children when they misbehave, and I think this fuels negative discipline, things like... Oh, they're just oppositional or they're non-compliant. They're out of control. They're hard to manage. You know, they're disruptive. They're antisocial. They're high maintenance. I mean, this is the list that I would call my friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, or
1: even, I think the one that really gets to me personally is their attention seeking. Yeah, well, that's okay. We all want a bit of attention. And if as a child, the only way I know how to get your attention, because as a parent, you're on Facebook all night is to throw something across the room and all of a sudden you turn to me, then it worked. Am I getting the kind of attention I want? Probably not. But that's where we as adults kind of have to learn, how can I become a really great parent, set limits for my child, but do what's right, not what's easy?
0: So with that setting limits, how do we go about that in a respectful way? As you said at the beginning, having empathy for the child and respecting them. How can you set limits um, in an effective way with children when they're doing something that you're not quite happy with? Yeah,
1: okay. So there's, we can break discipline into two approaches, uh, controlling or guiding. So controlling is you're using a whole heap of power to kind of set the limits. You know, don't do that. Uh, you start yelling. There's a lot of energy put into that kind of approach with your child, and you don't feel good at the end of it. Where a guidance approach is you act more like a coach. Here's the challenge, though. There's this, this, this little theory, this approach, and it's a bit of a tongue twister, but it's called the recursive cycle of escalating disruptiveness. Let me say that again. <laughs> recursive cycle of escalating disruptiveness. It's how it works. A child does something, that's not okay. You know, so what do we do? We either put them in time out beyond their age. One minute for each year, I say. Mm-hmm. One year old, a minute out. Three years, I mean... Pretty hard if you're 89 years old. You misbehave <laughs> in the nursing home. But you know, you get the drift there. But we do things that then cause the child to become angry. And they become more defiant because we're using this power over them. And the more we do it, our approach that doesn't work because it's power-based, the more they resist. And the more they resist the harder we try and the harder we try the more they resist and we're kind of stuck in this cycle it goes round and round hence why it's called the cycle of escalating disruptiveness what we want to do is actually break that break that cycle and actually figure out how we can build a more healthier relationship by setting limits example if your child draws on the coffee table at home that's unacceptable it may not be in your home, but as an example, in my home, that would be unacceptable. So we take out the sandpaper and we sand down the table because that's your responsibility when you break a rule, which is let's take care of our furniture. But again, I'm happy to be filmed and broadcast on national TV and stand <laughs> by my choices. But when I'm reacting to that and I start screaming, It hasn't solved the drawing on the coffee table. I'm the one who has to clean it. And while I yell, the child's just going to run away. It's actually not going to work.
0: And you're also not explaining necessarily why it's the wrong thing, right? Because often we get cross with our kids for doing things we've never told them not to do.
1: That's right. Or they're doing things that they've seen us do. And that's a horrible mirror as a parent to watch your child do often what we do to them or we do to each other and that can be really shocking. It it really is a horrible experience. But that's where we grow as parents and you know as, as loved ones around young children. But you know there are a couple of things that we can do is always see behavior have a developmental view of that. And by that I mean learning to behave is like any other task in life. As the years go by, hopefully you'll learn more how to be pro social. Be a leader around your child. And by that I mean you know, don't be the boss, but be a really good coach. Give them feedback. Set clear expectations and be consistent around your expectations. Be flexible, you know, and flexibility means that you're allowed to change your mind as a parent. And if you change your mind around the rules, tell your child that you've actually changed your mind. And acknowledge considerate behavior. When your child does something that you think is great, tell them, you know, like thumbs up. I really love how you cleaned your room. It means we have more time to go to the park. Let's go, Mm. you know, Um, and prevent inconsiderable, uh, inconsiderate behavior. If you know there's a pattern of behavior here, intervene. There's this saying, it's too late to shut the stable door once the horse has bolted. So if you know that when their cousins come over, they're going to argue over who's going to play which game and you know, this constantly happens my advice is invest in a second toy
0: yes <laughs> well I feel like um, we need to do a whole series on discipline because it's so interesting and I personally feel like I need a lot of guidance in it unfortunately I do have to wrap up now um, can we get you back just absolutely to keep, keep the conversation going would love to okay thank you Anthony thanks for coming in That's Anthony Saman. He's an early learning educator at Saman and Slattery. For more information on Anthony, we'll pop a link up to Saman and Slattery on our website. Just head to babyology.com.au forward slash Feed Play Love. Feed Play Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.